Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and today's episode is all about comic book television shows. That's TV shows that are being adapted from comic books. But before we get to that, I'm going to talk a little bit about some toys and talk a little bit about a video game. Maybe. First, I want to mention Lego Avengers, which came out last Tuesday and which we as a family have been playing since then. And it's a lot of fun. It's really odd after the other Lego games to not have any of the X-Men and apparently no Spider-Man characters in it because it is directly related to the movie. So they could not have any of those involved. But there's still tons and tons of characters, including one named Captain Universe that is a lady I am unfamiliar with, but is my favorite character to play in the game. But just like all the other LEGO games, it's lots of fun, it's huge and expansive, and there's tons and tons of stuff to do. Uh, recommended. Highly recommended. Check it out. Uh, toy-wise, I'm really trying to slow down again, and I know that I say that from time to time. But I picked up a couple of Marvel Legends recently. I got Spider-Gwen and Jack-O-Lantern, and they're great. They stand out. Now, granted, Spider-Gwen is a body we've seen several times before, just painted in a different way with a different head on it. Could use some more hands. I'm a little disappointed there. Jack-O-Lantern is fantastic. Mostly new stuff. Looks great. Translucent flames coming out of the head and the eyes. Uh, he's got a broom. Translucent flaming broom. It's good stuff. I think I'm going to pass on the rest of that wave, but those two I'm happy with. I have a new computer. Didn't necessarily want a new computer. Didn't necessarily want a new bed. But both of those things were necessities. And as much as I might complain about the day job, uh, bonus time comes in February and while it has never been as much as I think it should be, it was enough to cover those items. So I've got a new computer here. Hopefully things sound maybe a little bit better. I can probably do some more tweaking. This is essentially fresh out the box, as the kids say. I don't think the kids say that. Uh, so I'm still playing around with it. I'm still learning how the configurations work on this new Lenovo computer. Uh, I've got a new giant monitor that I'm thoroughly enjoying. Everything's working out really well. Uh, the bed I have not slept in yet. They delivered it today. Uh, I got it from the original Mattress Factory because I've heard nothing but good things about them. They have a 10-year warranty. 10-year warranty on a mattress. You're supposed to change your mattress every eight years, but these guys are like, no, no, we give you a 10-year warranty on that sucker. So... They delivered the king-size mattress and the two, I guess it's two twin box springs. But the stuff is all made in the USA. They show you the craftsmanship there in the store. And I got to lay on it a little bit earlier. Right now, my wife and son and all three dogs are upstairs asleep on it. And I'm a little concerned that I'm not going to have a place to sleep tonight uh, before I go into work tomorrow. We'll see how that works out. But we've had the same sort of box spring and mattress queen size for at least a decade 
and I was waking up achy and and not happy, and it had to go. It was it was a detriment to my health, and they took it away. So there's now a king size bed upstairs full of dogs and people who are not me. So that situation is probably going to have to be amended at some point. Uh, and as for the computer, it's it's wonderful. New stuff, new electronics are always great and exciting. Uh, and, and slightly frustrating too. This one has not frustrated me yet, but I will knock on, uh, the nearest piece of wood, which is, man, I am in this synthetic fabricated stronghold of the Phantom Zone. I don't have any wood anywhere near me. Uh, so I'll just knock on the old noggin for good measure, right? That's a funny little gag. So today, this episode was supposed to happen back in December when all the shows or, or whenever all the shows were supposed to go on hiatus and one or the other of us, cause this is one that I do with Ryan and Jay, uh, one or the other of us got sick. I, I was sick at one point. Jay was sick at one point. Uh, I am currently actually getting over a nasty little something or other. Uh, it hit me on Sunday and I actually missed work on Monday, which is not something I like doing, even though I would rather not be at my job. I don't like calling in sick, but I missed work. I went to the doctor, and he was like, yeah, it's just a cold, and it hit me really bad. He didn't give me an antibiotic or anything, which I'm fine with. I, I would rather not take uh, medicines and drugs and stuff. I will if it's necessary, but I, I'd rather not. I don't want to put... You know, I don't, I don't want to keep taking antibiotic after antibiotic and making my body immune to all this, all these antibiotics, or, or I guess making the viruses or whatever immune. Uh, I, I don't, it doesn't seem like a good idea to me. So he said, I don't want to give you an antibiotic. And I said, I don't want an antibiotic. And he said, I think it's a cold. I think you'll be better in a few days. You should be fine to go back to work tomorrow, but it's up to you. And, and I, I won't say I was fine. I didn't feel great, but I went back to work. And uh, yesterday was really bad for some reason. Today probably wouldn't have been as bad, but I decided I had to clean out uh, the room that the bed is going into, the master bedroom. And it, it was dusty under the old bed. So I pulled some stuff out last night before I went to bed because I am a dum-dum and rustled up a bunch of dust. And uh, let me make it clear this dust is my fault because this room is primarily mine because of the shift work. I sleep in there more than the wife does. So, because we don't, you know, if I'm on weird shifts, she doesn't want to get up at three 30 in the morning and I don't blame her. So that, that is more my room and my responsibility to keep clean. And while most of it is clean under the bed is not an area I often venture other than to shove things that I don't know what to do with, uh, under there. So, some of these things that I don't know what to do with, I pulled out, uh, threw most of them out, so it was dumb to put them under there in the first place, but I, I rustled up some dust and then went to sleep in the dust rustle, the, the resulting cloud, uh, I suppose, and had some respiratory issues today. Nothing serious, but just felt kind of crappy all day and took a Chloritab. If you guys are familiar with that, then you probably know where this is going. I, I was not really because the aforementioned avoidance of most drugs. I took a Chloritab, felt lots better because I was unconscious. That fucker knocked me out like 80s comedians do jokes about NyQuil. I am talking, I, I was down for the count. Uh, I got up long enough for the guys to deliver the mattress in the box springs which they were very nice guys, uh, excellent delivery service. Got the bed frame put together. 
uh, got the carpet steam cleaned before we put everything down. The bed got set up, and now, like I said, everybody that's not me is currently asleep in it. So with that little sample of my life as of late before I start coughing and stuff again, because I'm I'm, I'm on the mend now. Like, I feel good. I'm going to work this weekend. I'll be fine. But I'm a little, you might be able to tell, I'm a little nasally. I'm a little scratchy. I'm not at 100%. I'm at, like, probably 82%. Is, is my estimate. My, since I'm a doctor and st- that's how the doctor tells you stuff, right? Uh, well, let's see. Let me look at your tonsils and stick this thing in your ear. I'd say you're at about 74%. That's, that's what they do, right? Anyway, uh, I'm starting to feel better and hopefully after listening to this, you guys will feel better because it's me, Needless Things head of research Ryan and award winning author Bobby Nash talking about all of the comic book shows that are on TV right now. Well, we don't talk about all of them. Uh, talking about many of the comic book shows that are on TV. Because there's so damn many of them, we couldn't cover them all in, in a reasonable amount of time. But anyway, here's a little music, and then it's time for Talkie Talk. All right, it is time to once again discuss comic books on television. This episode has been months in the making because schedules have been crazy, uh, diseases and sickness have been in the air, and it's just been tough to get it together. And, and even tonight, having uh, finally put this thing on the schedule, we are down a mighty warrior. Uh, Mr. Jay Hornsby, the belligerent monkey, will not be joining us. But we do have a more than adequate stand-in coming back to the show after an unfortunately long absence. Award-winning writer, Mr. Bobby Nash, welcome back to the Needless Things podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It has been too long. It has. You were on... You were on one of the very first episodes that we did live from Odin's. That's right, yes. Uh, where you taught me many things about both Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, stuff that I did not know. <laughs> yes, I, I I love comics and I love TV and we are truly, you know, the kid. If, if you'd have told me when I was a kid that we would have such TV of, of the coolness magnitude that we have it today, I'd have never believed you. It, well, it's crazy. And that's yeah. earlier today when we found out Jay probably wasn't going to make it. I was like, well, I'll call Bobby, and whether Jay makes it or not, Bobby should be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> should have been on it in the first place. So I'm glad you're here. And oh, uh, you. also joining us, Needless Things, Head of Research, welcome back to the show, Mr. Ryan Schweck. Good evening, everybody. I'm seems like this podcast or this episode has been cursed we've been trying to do this since december yeah one of us has been sick or i you know my stupid work schedule or one thing or another i mean it it has really but i'm kind of glad because now we've got more episodes to talk about and some really cool stuff has happened on some of the shows and cool announcements yes yes (laughs) so i want to start because the thing that i'm most excited to talk about right from the top, and uh, I think Ryan will agree with me on this, is Gotham. 
it's like a fever dream I have every Monday night, and I love it. Like it's amazing the 180 I've had on this show. Like I the first like what I mean we talked about it last year. The first what made four or five episodes, or I was like, oh god, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. And then somewhere in the middle of this, I guess season one, they were just like, you know what, fuck it, let's just go nuts. And coming back this year. It has been the most amazing insanity every week. Mm-hmm. And I look I cannot forward get enough of it. <laughs> I look forward to Gotham, and 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 don't you know? I want to be clear. Gotham is not the best superhero show on television. No, it, it cannot yeah. hang with anything else as far as quality goes. But as far as entertainment value, it's the show I look forward to the most. And I want to go ahead and knock it out here because it's not back yet. Uh, we're waiting for X Files to rap before Gotham comes back. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit of Gotham. Okay. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I really enjoy watching Jim Gordon's Descent into Madness, which is basically <laughs> what this this second season has become. He's the bad guy. Like, right. if you watch it, no one else on that show murders anyone except for that weird <laughs> proto-jugger, except for Jim Gordon, who's constantly yeah. murdering people in cold blood. I still wonder if it's going to just end up with him being he. Well, at the end of the series, he's either going to be Joker or Batman. I see. I actually had a different theory. Uh, there were a few episodes uh, before it ended for, uh, for the mid season. Uh, Bruce had been kidnapped by the the monks and all this, and he's talking to Silver, and they're talking about what animals they like. And you know, everybody's expecting Bruce to go, "Oh, I like bats," and Bruce says. I like owls, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is Earth 2 where he becomes Owl Man. <laughs> well, and you know they're going to do the Court of Owls. Like, that's yeah. the next yeah. big storyline, yeah. and I was like, man. But, all right, if we're going to be on that conversation. I'm, yeah, yeah, Bobby, you just – you don't even know how perfect that segue just was. It was the finest five minutes in television history. <laughs> In one conversation, we had Bruce Wayne say, when she said, aren't you afraid you're going to die, he just looks at her with a straight face and goes, nah, if I die, I'll get to be with my parents. And mm-hmm. I was like, and there's Batman. <laughs> and then she followed it up with a stunning conversation about the time she telepathically talked with dolphins. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, I'm watching a TV show in which Silver St. Cloud is a 14-year-old, is talking about telepathically talking with dolphins with a Bruce Wayne who's like, eh, fuck it, I don't care if I die. I was like, this is the best show that's ever lived. Well, it's like, fairly straightforward about t- telepathically talking mm-hmm. to dolphins. Yes, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a metaphor. It wasn't like, oh, it and was then, great. And, and then that every- episode ended with like a stinger of like, oh, look, and we're experimenting all these people in the basement. Mm-hmm. Well, even before that, too, there was also the bit that all these people have banded together. Like there's seven or eight people have banded together to rescue Bruce. And oh. they, they rescue Bruce and he goes, well, you screwed up my perfectly good escape plan. <laughs> I mean, he has totally like changed on that show, which is so great. Yes. Or the one where he straight tortures the one guy, mm-hmm. um, and Cat freaks out. Like, and she's gotten better. Um, I'm really hoping they don't do a spinoff. They keep talking about it that they're right. going to spend somebody off the show. Like, I want all my craziness concentrated in this yeah. one show. And they're if bringing they were- fish back. Mm-hmm. I love it. If they were going to spin it, the, the one character. I, I'm really, really loving the most, I think, on Gotham, who who doesn't get enough to do, and that's Sean Pertwee as Alfred. His yeah. Alfred is incredible. 
what they do give him to do is he says, okay, are you ready for me to train you now? And he says, yes. And then Wham. they don't do any training. <laughs> like, yeah. he'll like hit him and then nothing else happens. And then the next week he'll be like, you're not ready for the training. Are you ready for the training? Yes. And then it doesn't happen again. We're supposed to have been training for months now and nothing happens. And I love it. Like they just don't give two shits about what's going to happen on that show. Like putting like Penguin and Riddler, they were like, you know what? Maybe they should live together. Let's go with that. And then you have the best like odd couple apartment. They better live together for the rest of this season. I don't know. I still think this is the prelude to All-Star Batman and Robin, which is obviously the best Batman comic that's ever been. <laughs> I I, uh, I think you are correct about the first portion of that statement. I'll agree with you on that. Uh, I do – it is. It's delightful. It's a train wreck. It's a mess. When and, and I guess I should have said this at the top of the show, but for anybody listening, obviously there are going to be spoilers uh, all throughout this show. We're going to talk about all the episodes – of Arrow, of Flash, of Gotham, of Legends of Tomorrow, of Supergirl. We might touch on iZombie a little bit if we've got time, but any comic book shows that have aired up through February 4th are fair game here. So if you're not caught up, stop listening now, get caught up, and then come back to us. And uh, also right, we'll be wait. sure to... Yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll sit here. Um, and also, while, while you're getting caught up, be sure to share the Needless Things podcast on all the social media, because we appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, Gotham is bonkers, and, and it's funny, every week they seem to cross a new line. Mm. It's like, what insane thing can happen this week? And, and the last one, what it left us with, I, I think this is where it cut off, was Jim Gordon murdering somebody in the face. <laughs> yep. A defenseless <laughs> man who was bound, shot right in the face by our hero, Detective nope. Jim Gordon. Uh, it's so and, great. And then covered up by the mob. Wasn't it covered up? You know, didn't the penguin help him cover the murder? Oh, that was a different murder. That, that was a yeah. whole other murder. Right. He, he killed lots of people. There, yeah. there are a lot to keep track of. It's yeah. okay. And then Captain Cold, or Mr. Free, shows up at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so right, Mr. Freeze. Got, and they mentioned Hugo Strange. Yes. Or did they show him or did they just uh, say him? I can't they've, remember. They've mentioned it and they've cast him, but we've not seen an episode with him in it yet. Yeah, yeah they and, said and, something about it like in the freeze in that in the basement where they're right. keeping everybody. It looked like Bane was down there maybe and We saw Fish's head. Yeah. <laughs> we saw and Fish's weave. In an absolutely <laughs> bizarre bit of casting, Hugo Strange is being played by uh Oh shoot! I can't remember oh, his BD name. BD Wong. Yes, BD Wong from Oz, and also this actually—it makes more sense if you take this casting into account. He's also the insane dinosaur geneticist yes. from Jurassic World and and Jurassic Park, but yep. uh, which was my favorite part of Jurassic World was finding out that this lunatic had been splicing dinosaurs in secret the whole time. Yeah, that, I mean, on a total like, if just for a quick Jurassic Park, I finally saw that movie. I realized I am one step closer to people riding on dinosaurs with machine guns that they promised me in the 90s Jurassic yes, Park toys. For sure. It is coming. Like, Absolutely. I, I want a dinosaur with a strange net on the side, and you're going to catch something for some reason. I'm I telling you, the Dino Riders movie is coming. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny about Gotham is like all the CW shows, all the other shows, they seem very careful with their planning, and we're always leading <laughs> to something. Gotham just seems like, hey – Guess what crazy shit we can do this week? And then they do it. Like they yeah. made that excellent Jerome. You know, Jerome, yeah. they played him up to be the Joker. He played it so well. And then they just shot him. It was or, great. 
Well, I, I kind of imagine the writer's room sometimes sometimes goes a little like, okay, how can we fuck with people today? Yeah. Well, and they, <laughs> they were straight up teasing the Joker throughout yeah. because they had – there was one scene. I don't remember which season it was, but they had in uh, Penguin's Club – Somebody was doing stand up on the stage, right? And looked exactly like uh, the Brian Boland yep. uh, from Killing mm-hmm. Joke. We've also had the Red Hood. Yes. Yeah. And and the thing about Jerome was, at first, I didn't like him because I was like, "Well, that's too on the nose. This is ridiculous." Mm-hmm. And then the kid playing him was so damn good yep. that he won me over. And then they killed him. Yeah. And then you had that weird stinger at the end where it was like all these people watching it and being like, yes, I yeah. could be the Joker. Like, now the, jo- I, the Joker's an idea. That Can you imagine that pitch in the writing room? All right, uh, guys, how many Jokers have we had in media? You know, we've had Jack Nicholson. We've had Cesar Romero. We've had Mark Hamill. You know, now right around the way we've got this new guy in Suicide Squad. But what if the Joker isn't a guy? What if the Joker is an idea? <laughs> So, like, somehow they have to get as, – as much as I'm enjoying Mark Hamill as the trickster on The Flash, we need to get him in at least one episode of Gotham. Oh, they will. Yeah. I'm sure. It's – you know. Now, I, I think everybody who's ever played a bat villain that's available should just mm-hmm. stop by on Gotham. And they can play <laughs> themselves. Like when Mark Hamill shows up, he can be dressed like the animated series Joker, only he'll be literally a birthday party <laughs> clown. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so great, though. I mean, I, there's just not much else you can say about it. Just, it's just insane. It's, it's, and I try to like tell people to watch it who got like soured on it in the beginning, and you just can't explain like the insanity of watching that show. Well, and it's hard to explain how much fun it is to watch the insanity because you can't like people take it too seriously. They sit down and they think, well, how does this fit in with the movies and and the stuff that? I, no, 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 stop that. Just, yeah. <laughs> just it, you know, it, it recognize that you're going to know some of these names. And that they're gonna do wacky things with these names. Like, don't, yeah. don't even try and fit it into any pre-existing concept. Uh. You gotta barely expect it to make sense from episode to episode. Yeah. Like, maybe that guy who's running for mayor is gonna show back up again. I don't know. Like. You've, you've gotta just go along for the ride and have fun yeah. with it. And that's, yeah. that's what I've done. And I'll tell you, part of the reason I stuck with it was Shield. Because. Yeah. Agents of Shield. That first season, the middle got really slow, really yep. creaky, and I checked out for a little while. I, I think I skipped three or four episodes, and I don't know what made me come back. I know Bill Paxton, I, I think I was watching before he came onto the show, but, but something got me to come back, and I was like, oh, wow, this got amazing again. And, if, and so Gotham, I was like, I'm going to hang in there. It's fun. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a... It's almost, it's it's a bat crap crazy show. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. So, Gotham, uh, I'm going to give a thumbs up with with the acknowledgement that you just have to go in with no expectations and just sit back and have fun. Yeah. Uh, what's next? What do you guys want to talk about next? Well, you you mentioned Agents of Shield. You want to just go ahead and slide into that? Yeah, because that'll lead into uh, Agent Carter. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've had a great first half of the season yeah they have absolutely it it has been the pacing has been breakneck on that thing i you know i i like they went crazy with the inhuman stuff um and it looks like they're gonna start bringing in more and more of the secret warrior stuff which is a comic i really really like Mm -hmm. um i think everybody knows that the one episode that was the off-world 
wherever we think she was. I don't think we have a, a good idea yet right. what world that was. Well, do you guys have speculation like, though? Because I'll tell you right now. Let me establish, <laughs> let me establish where I'm at with Agents of Shield. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really know the Avengers side of the Marvel Universe. I'm an X-Men guy. So to me, a lot of what's happening, I don't have a frame of reference. It's all new to me. I don't have a lot of speculation about what's going on because I don't know these stories. So as far as where they were, is there speculation there? Do you guys have theories? Uh, well, they've mentioned that they, they did tell us the name of the planet. Yeah. It's Maveth, M-A-V-E-T-H. My guess is it's going to be a planet. I don't know if we've seen the. It, I'm not familiar with the planet in the in the comics, so I don't know if it's uh, one from there or not. Um, well, and they but, do like to rename things, right? So I'm I'm suspecting it's going to be tied with where the Inhumans come from. Uh, but I, it's all guesswork on my yeah. part. Yeah, all I can think of is that it was an early test site for the. Cree, and that that's mm-hmm. where they were doing because Grant Ward, we know who that is. I mean, it's uh, if you read if you've read Secret Warriors, like what he's turned into is a big part of the first arc of Secret Warriors. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's a it's called the Hive, and basically it's like a whole lot of parasites that were supposed to be the embodiment of the Hydra ideal. Not to be confused with the Hive on Arrow. Right. <laughs> right. So who knows if they're going to show it. But like in the book, they just give it to an unknown Hydra agent. And then he's like real gross looking and blah, blah, blah. You know, you cut it and more parasites come out and all this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I, um, I, I think using Ward here works oh, excellently yeah. because not only did it get, does it give the actor, who is a likable actor, to, to stay on the show, but it also allows the characters to have the closure of Coulson killing Ward. Mm-hmm. And still having Ward around. Yeah, that was that was a really smart move because yes. there, you know there was a time where I could have done without Ward. They could have taken him off mm-hmm. the show, and and it would have been fine. But he has been such a phenomenal villain. Yes, that you know now, yeah, you don't want to see him go anywhere. Right. I think my only issue with Shield right now, and it's not the show's fault; it's more of what's happened with them with the movies. Is I guess I don't really understand where they are now. You know, like what Shield is at this point, and who's paying right. for all this shit, and who are all these agents that are still hanging around? They kind of talk about it some, but then another episode they'll say, "Oh, you're not supposed to be doing this anymore," and it's a weird kind of in between where they kind of got stuck after Winter Soldier. Um, now it's amazing. I mean, maybe they'll come back after Civil War. You know, Shield is a huge part of Civil War, um, and it'll be interesting to see how the show is affected by Civil War because the movies do tend to have this huge effect on that show. Well, and what's going to be interesting though is seeing going forward how that happens now that we've had uh, on on a business level there is now a separation of the movies and television. Right, and of course the rumors are that they're fighting. And that right. this whole inhuman thing is going to be a giant mess. That well, they are just going to leave the show to be screwed and I, just say whatever. I, I'll tell you right now. Uh, at the end of the day, Disney's in charge. Yep. Disney wants to make money, and when it comes down to it, if Disney has to make a choice, they're going to pick the movies. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Per- Perlmutter, uh, Ike Perlmutter, Mutter, Mutter, whatever it is, he's the guy in charge of television. And if he becomes too much of a problem, then 
you know, that situation I'm fairly certain will be amended. Yeah. Because Hollywood executives get shifted around every single day. Mm-hmm. And you don't mess with the mouse. That is correct. <laughs> the mouse always wins. Yes. And it seems like they're kind of morphing this show into almost like an X-Men show, which is probably what they want. But you're going to have, you know, these inhumans with Daisy and all the other three. Uh, what's, what are their names? Melter and I can't remember which other one they have. Um, but where it's like an X-Men almost, I mean, it'll be secret mm-hmm. warriors and it gives them that without being having to access to the X-Men. I hope it means we get Phobius, who's, if you've ever read, you know, Phobius is, uh, Ares' kid, right. but it's a little kid that can cause fear in everybody and he's an awesome comic book character. It'd be great if we could get Ares on the show, but I don't know what the deal with that is. I've been really impressed with the fact that they've actually been using powers because my concern when they, when, uh, Coulson approached Daisy about heading up the Secret Warriors, essentially, was that they'd sort of find a way around having to actually have powered people. Because it costs money to show power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hers was easy. Hers, they just kind of shake the camera. And yeah, get, right. Whoa. Right. <laughs> but they've done a pretty good job of putting an actual powered team together, and they do use their powers. I mean, it's yep. they, they haven't uh, shrunk away from that in any way, and I'm impressed with that. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that, that having these shows has done as well for the longtime fans like myself, it's the little extra touches that make you freak out. Like when Crusher Creel is on Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and we've got the Absorbing Man, and or when Agnar the Screamer is on um, Agents of Shield. These are characters that most ninety nine percent of the people watching have no clue who who this guy is who can kill people by opening his mouth. Me, I'm over here like giggling like a madman, going, "Oh my god, oh my god." Yeah. Um, well, so, an absorbing yeah. man was fantastic. Yeah, like, yeah. And when, he, when he picked up the when he picked up the chain and the ball and chain. Uh, yeah, oh. I mean those effects are some of the best they've done on the show. I mean th- those those would have fit into one of the movies. Yes, fine. Mm-hmm. It looked incredible. So, Agents of Shield. Uh, this second season has just been breakneck speed, fun. Every single episode I look forward to, it always leaves you hungering for the next episode. Like, they've really, they've found their groove, and they're just moving along, man. And and like Ryan said, yeah, I, there's some questions about who who are they now, and how are they doing this, but they're telling such good stories, and it's so much fun. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. and I think they've handled the relationship between Fitzsimmons really, really well, because that had such a potential to go bad and to be yeah. stupid yeah. and just go on too long and they've done a really good job of finding new ways to keep that story going and like make it interesting still mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing is you know any television show trying to drag out a romance is difficult and usually tedious mm-hmm. and they have you're right they've managed to find factors to to add to it to change to to make it evolve to where it's still interesting, you still care about the characters, and you still care about how they're going to interact with each other. They, they've been very smart about the way they've handled that. And and you know you've got your your characters are are standing on their own when you can do one episode that's nothing but Simmons on another planet by herself. Yes. Yep. Yeah, which and it surprised me. Yeah, because I, Fitz and Simmons like they're they're a cute little side act. But I really wasn't sure if I was ready 
for that much of either of them. And that right. episode was fantastic. Yes. It was, it was one of those standout, like, you know, the silent issue of G.I. Joe or, you know, in any of the great sort of single shot things in the midst of a big story, it, it stood up, stood up there with all of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I, what I really like too about Fitz's stuff this year is you know, he came back with his, whatever it was, brain damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still not real sure how that got fixed, but they did a real job, good job of like showing his struggle with it and then his struggle with Simmons and not making him seem petty. You know what I mean? Yes, they right. did such a nice job with him being like, "Yes, I'm going to help you." Well, he's still he's still a good guy, but mm-hmm. he's not a pussy. Right. right, and him staying up to Ward is some of my favorite things when he tries to balls up. Oh and yeah, say yeah. stuff to Ward or like threatens him. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh god. Mm-hmm. But or when he figures out too that Will is really that Will is not Will. You know, right. I mean, you know. The hive was pretty close to making its way back without anybody to stop it. You mm-hmm. know? So I mean, yeah. So Fitz, yeah, Fitz, Fitz has really come into his own. I mean, he still he hasn't become like the total badass, but he's still believable as the same character. But well, when it's, it's time, you know, when it's time to step up, he steps up. And it's kind of more interesting that he's not the total badass right. because you know not not everybody can be what Ward was mm-hmm. or, or what uh, Coulson usually is. And that's that's another funny thing is that Coulson, it would have been very easy for him to sort of fade back into, into a more administrative position for this show, but he still, from time to time, gets some action in. Uh, I, it blew my mind when I, and I hate it, I can't remember her name right now, but you guys that listen to this show, you know how we do. We, we come off the top of our heads. We don't sit here and, uh, regurgitate facts off the internet. But, uh, when the head of the other agency that he started getting involved with. Oh, right, yeah. When she was murdered, that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the most shocking moments in television this, this, well, last year, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, Ward, or Ward Colson does some fighting. Yeah. Like we see he's still got it. He's still a badass. You know, his job now is more telling people what to do, but you, you don't ever count him out of the field operations. Right. Right. It'd be sweet to see him give him some hand attachments. Maybe he can take <laughs> off the robot hand and put like a sword on. Uh, no, Gotham already covered that. <laughs> oh, they did. <laughs> are they going to? What did they give him a, a meat tenderizer? They the did give it? him. A, yeah, oh, they gave him gosh. the nut hammer or whatever. Yeah, I, uh. I did. I did have to laugh. There was one episode of Agents of Shield where I noticed he's running with a gun in his like. Fake hand, and I'm like, how the hell is he going to shoot the gun with his fake hand? <laughs> it's, a, it's a robot hand, isn't it? No, I think it's just a regular. Oh no, I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was a cybernetic hand. Yeah, because no. he's grabbed somebody before. Yeah, is it? Okay, he yeah. He's dumb. He oh, and it does stuff too. Like it's he's like a laser or something shot out I, at one point. I assume I assumed that was him BSing, <laughs> but uh, I could be wrong. You know, he does know Tony Stark. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> I I want to say at one point there's a it, it, and it might still be ongoing. I want to say he's having problems with his hand. Yeah. Like I think at one point he said I've gone through five of these things already. So I think he's having issues similar to what Tony had uh in Iron Man 2. Yeah. With his, with his hand. Col- Colson he gets a techno virus up his arm <laughs> and then he's cable. 
I would love the show. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Just give him Kane. Well, Come on. You know, too. Coulson also still has alien DNA in his blood. What yeah. if his hands trying to grow back? Mm-mm. Oh wow. That's a good, you know, I was thinking about that when I was watching, I was watching something the other day and they said something about Tahiti and I think it was like a previously on or I don't know what it was, but then I remember like, yeah, that kind of dropped off rather quickly. Like, yeah, it seems like more is going to come back of that eventually. Yeah. Cause that, that did get brought up again and I can't remember what it was, but I, or somebody said something specific about Tahiti and I was like, oh yeah, I, I guess to a certain extent that I mean, they, plot line is unresolved. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because we've seen the Kree alien, and I guess the Inhuman stuff is kind of talking about it. But and, and we have had a Kree guest star, Eddie McClintock, played uh, the Kree right. scientist on Earth. Yes, yes. So. Um, but then, like, what I'm surprised that ABC has done this season, we can transition if you want to, um, with Agent Carter, is I'm surprised how much Agent Carter this season is tied to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So it felt like last year it was a very separate thing. And it, you know, it was great, and I'm enjoying this season, but it surprised how much. I mean, you've got the stuff, the whatever it is. Zero matter. The zero yeah. matter, we're calling it. They've got, you know, proto Hydra. I can't remember what they're calling it right now with the little upside down symbol that they showed on right. the season finale of Shield. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Um, and so it's weird, it's like my wife really likes Agent Carter, but she doesn't watch Shield. So I keep having to say, okay, well, you know, this is, it's going to be an obelisk that turns into obelisk later and it can go to the other world or whatever. But it's weird that they've tied that much in between the two shows. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. wonder if there might've been sort of a directive, uh, uh, after last season of agent Carter, like, look, we need to tie it in a little more tightly. We need to have more threads that run through both shows because I, I do like, there are things that we can pick up on, but also, I feel like if you're just watching Agent Carter, which there probably are people that do, you don't need to know where yeah. that stuff ends right. up in S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they explained the Zero Matter well enough to where it's its own thing in Agent Carter, and you don't need the S.H.I.E.L.D. history to go with it. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised on Agent Carter that Madame Mask is the bad guy. Right. I fully expected them to hold her off until an Iron Man movie or – I mean I guess if there's ever going to be an Iron Man movie again. But she seemed like the next logical choice for an Iron Man villain or an Iron Man movie, but there she is. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little while to realize. I think it was like – it took me to like the second episode or something when they said Whitney Frost again. And I was like, holy shit, that's Madame Mask. And then she had the little thing on her. Um And so I hope by the end – I haven't seen this week, so maybe it happens this week. But I hope by the end we get a gold mask. You know, yeah, I, I, I bolted to her face. I'm I sure we're going to. I think we're headed that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and apparently the 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 scientist who is intangible he is an actual character from from comics who appeared in some of the the pre Fantastic Four monster comics. Huh. Marvel put out. I read that on a website. I don't oh, remember really which good. issue. Yeah, he appeared once, and it was a guy who became intangible and had this similar problem. And I, I like, as much as they're tackling, you know, some serious stuff, Agent Carter is overall a little lighter and more fun than she A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, the, the scene yeah. with when Jarvis and her sparring and yeah. Jarvis's wife walks outside <laughs> was hilarious. Uh, all was, the, everything about Jarvis is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm a was, little disappointed we saw his wife. 
I loved the joke the first season mm-hmm. where we just talked about her and then maybe she was coming and then you just never saw her. Yeah, I kind of wish they had kept up with that. I suspected that was where they were going what they were going to do cuz yeah, we've seen that that kind of gag on other shows, you know, like you know, like Columbo's wife. We never see her, but we know we know all about her. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt we were going in that direction. So it did surprise me as well. When we saw her, but I really like her too, though. Yeah. So we're getting her, and I'm liking what she's doing, and and we had the little Iron Man nod um, in this week's episode. Uh, if you haven't seen it, sorry, uh, where we actually hear like a Jarvis has set an alarm, and it's his voice warning people from the alarm, and so with the mechanic mechanized voice coming out of the speakers, it sounds like Jarvis from the Iron Man movies. Nice. And and she's what what is her comment? She says something along the lines of now your voice will be immortalized or something and he's like, right. I have no interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> At the California setting, whoever decided to do that was genius. Yes. Like seeing that part because in all of Marvel, we've been pretty much stuck in New York. For, you know, Avengers, I mean, we got to Europe and stuff, but American cities, we have seen Marvel New York again and again and again. Well, all the Iron Man movies were in California. That's right, they are. But you don't see a lot of California. Right. Well, you see his house on the cliff. I always forget that. And you see the Pacific Coast Highway. Mm -hmm. That's true, you do. With that big ridiculous model in the back of his convertible. (laughs) I still love that That shot so much because it's so Tony Stark. It's, this has got to be done now. So he jams that thing in the back of his car. It's absurd. And imagine little pieces flying off his car. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, How did he not lose critical elements there? Uh, So... Uh, Agent Carter, lots of fun. Yes. The cast is fantastic. The setting's fantastic. Uh, whoever they have on set design and wardrobe are just amazing. Yeah. The, the and, stuff that the characters wear is incredible. Yeah. And, and the, the character of Agent Carter is really the current linchpin of the Marvel shows, if you think about it, in movies. Because... You know, for a while there, it was Samuel L. Jackson popping up in all these things. But if you think about it, Peggy Carter has shown up in the event in Age of Ultron. She's been in in both Captain America movies. She's supposed to be in the new one as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she has appeared in Ant Man. You know, she appeared in the uh, in Agents of Shield and her own show. So she's kind of become the linchpin. That's one of the things that ties all these movies and shows together. And she's in the new uh, Lego Avengers game. She is. My wife had an upsetting moment because this is she didn't watch the first season of Agent Carter and I convinced her to watch this one and she's really liking it so far. And about halfway through the second episode she goes wait a minute, is that the old lady in Captain America that has Alzheimer's and doesn't remember everything? And I was like, yes it is. And she was like, oh god. (laughs) And it's sad but it's but we also get to see like her life. It's, it's we're seeing it out of order because, as I understand it, in in Civil War, big spoiler here. Apparently, we attend Peggy's funeral. Right. Yeah, I think uh, if if you haven't seen that news already, you must not have an internet connection because <laughs> that's been in like headlines. There's mm-hmm. no avoiding that. No. So, but we get to see so much of Peggy's life because. I know so you guys. I don't know if you've seen this week's episode, but we do get to see little flashbacks to Peggy as a kid. Yeah, this week's episode, and we won't go too much into it, because I think, Ryan, you said you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, we we get a lot of really interesting backstory on Whitney Frost and Peggy Carter. Yes. It's, it's a really good uh, dual 
dual story episode that, that was very important, but also a nice sort of one-off from the action. All right, so Agent Carter, fantastic. We're all loving it, uh, but also looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back when it wraps up. And we're getting a spinoff, I believe, as well from S.H.I.E.L.D. That's I right. can't believe that's back on. Yeah, that's surprising because, look, I like both of those characters. I like Mockingbird and I like British Dude, whatever his <laughs> name is. Lance. Lance, Lance Hunter. Hunter. But yeah. I just don't know if they've got the chemistry. And I mean, once they're doing their own thing, we'll see. I, it just really surprises me, one, that they're thinking of doing it, and two, that after it being brought up and then scrapped, they're going back to it. I'd like to see a short, like like they do with Agent Carter, like maybe a six episode miniseries over the summer, which mm-hmm. is like one mission. Like, all right, yeah. you, you've got to go, you know, pick some MacGuffin from the Marvel Universe, whatever you want. <clears throat> and Hydra has it, you've got to go get it. And then somehow convince Jeremy Renner just to show up and acknowledge Hawkeye and Mockingbird and then mm-hmm. move on. Because that's what I really want every time yeah. I see her. <laughs> and you know, and I'm surprised we've not gotten more of that because we've seen in interviews where some of these Avengers actors have said, I would do an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. if they would ask me. Renner specifically says he'll show up for free. Yeah. Like, he wants to really do it. And you've already got his ex-wife on the show, I mean, the character-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be awesome to let that happen, but we'll see. I mean, when Robert Downey Jr. says, I'll come in and do an episode just to do it because I want to have that Stark Coulson scene. Right. Mm-hmm. How are they not already writing that episode? Well, I think up until recently, Joss Whedon was the factor in that mm-hmm. because he was not thrilled that Coulson came back. And kind of didn't want to address that in the movies. Considering, but he was the guy that that like ran it, wrote the episode, the show where he comes back. Yeah, yeah, but I, I know I, it wasn't his decision. But right, I, and I I think in in his mind, I think maybe to make himself okay with it, he was like, well, these are just kind of separate things. Yeah, because if you I, if you look at interviews that he's had, that's almost how he's he's said it. Yeah, and I keep waiting. I mean. Are, are we going to have a scene in Avengers where we admit that Coulson is still alive? I don't think so. Because I think it's too much. Coulson was like this huge, you know, he's why they're the Avengers in the movie. You know, right. they're avenging Coulson's death. Mm-hmm. He's been running around outside on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time. Like, they probably know he's back. You think that somebody's going to go to Nick Fury and be like, hey, buddy, that's not okay. Well, I but, think, yeah, well if you think that in, in, Agent, in, in Age of Ultron, Colson was the guy that got everybody together that was on that helicarrier. Are you going to tell me that no one on the helicarrier dropped Colson's name without going, oh, crap, these guys don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's weird that they're not mentioning him in the movie. Well, first. the problem is how much of your precious story time True. in the movie yeah. do you want to spend on that? And you cannot gloss over it because it's too big for an aside. It's, yeah. it's it's problematic, and I think at this point it's better just to sort of move on. Mm-hmm. I'll just hold. He's probably going to show up in Avengers uh, three. I can't remember the name of it. Right in the Infinity, Infinity War. Yeah, I, I, all sixty four people are showing up. You know, they'll show up. Yeah, he and he might be at Peggy's funeral. You know, I mean that's a distinct mm-hmm. possibility as well. So, well, having having covered Marvel fairly thoroughly, uh, I think it's time to move back over to DC, although a separate. 
portion of the DC universe. Uh, let's talk about the Arrow and Flash verse and, and a trip course, to Canada. We'll we'll get yes yes yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get into the other show that is now apparently a part of that somehow. But let's start with Arrow since it was the first and greatest of the comic book shows. I mean, if not for Arrow's success, we wouldn't be recording this episode right now. Right, and and Arrow came at that time too. They were accepting of a quote-unquote superhero, even though he didn't have superpowers, a superhero show, but they weren't right, quite ready to go balls out full superhero show. Right. Mm-hmm. So with Arrow, you've got this very action-oriented show that just happens to have a guy who wears some costume. But it, they did it so well that when it, when they, when they were able to work the flash in, that, now we're at a point where I think audiences are more like, no, no, give me Gorilla Grodd. Right. You know, that man that man story. turns into a giant tar monster, and I can accept that. I am fine with that, yes. And it's interesting because Arrow started very much in the same type of world as Christopher Nolan's Batman, yes. which I always had a problem with for being too grounded and has managed to morph itself into the zany, mm-hmm. look, there are flying bird people. Right. Well, and that's what's part of what's made it so great is you get to watch what if the Nolan movies, all of a sudden Superman had showed up. Like you get to see Arrow's reaction to just like, right. holy shit, what is this? And it's funny because at first there was all this surprise every time it happened. They couldn't believe the Flash. They couldn't believe that. Mm-hmm. And then this week, I think – uh it was a scene between Laurel and Arrow, and he said something about Barry time traveling, and she mm-hmm. just goes, "Oh, Barry can time travel," and he just goes, eh, "That's the world we live in now." And then yes. they moved on. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, you've seen this cool evolution in this show of like, yeah, this is just what happens now. Now there's a magic guy who's sticking his hand in people. All right, here we go. <laughs> well, Arrow has as many fantastical elements as have been introduced into Arrow. It has still, to a certain extent, stayed the course of being a superhero crime-fighting show. Mm-hmm. Now, the crime is a much grander scale, and it's amazing to me. I wasn't crazy about the way that they handled Ray Jagul. I, I Nor was I. I didn't care for the actor. Uh, some elements of the League, I feel like they got right, but... Overall, I, I wasn't crazy about Rage himself, but the story was epic. Mm-hmm. And it did truly feel like the culmination of a few years of storytelling. It was huge. And I was actually very concerned about how they were going to one-up Rage al Ghul for this season. And Damian Dark has been a motherfucker. Let me My let me just stop gosh. right now and and bow before the the, the brilliance that is Neil McDonough. No <sighs> kidding. Put you can put Neil McDonough as the villain in anything, and I think the the the, the bar gets raised. He and, is just that good, and he has just stepped into this world so comfortably. There was no there was no adjustment of who's this new weird guy. What is his deal? What do we have to do? He immediately felt like part of the show. He immediately felt like an incredible foil for Ollie and, and his compatriots. I mean, my gosh. I mean, the stakes. 
it's so cliched to say now the stakes are higher than ever before, mm-hmm. but they are. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys, these showrunners are really giving us a constantly evolving and growing set of circumstances for these people to deal with. And they're still the characters we know. I, I would argue that Ollie is more, you know, usually as shows go on, you get tired of the characters, you get fatigued yeah. with the way that they are. And if you don't, it's because changes have been made that you make, that make you straight up not like them. I would say that Oliver Queen is now the most likable and enjoyable he's been since the show started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it was a story choice for them to do that. Too. Yes. They started yes. him out as a dark asshole. And then you still see it come out sometimes. And what's great is the character straight call him on it. Like, yes. and even when he'll start being like, oh, this is all my fault. And they're all like, please, will you stop doing that? And yeah. I'm like, I'm there, glad to see that they will call out his shit. There is a great line in this week's episode where Diggle says, that's his superpower. He's, he's guilt arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guilt arrow was good. I bet that was hashtagged on Twitter a lot. <laughs> Probably. But uh, the show, the show actually got me uh, when we were first introduced. That when Damian Dark was first mentioned, before we had seen him, and uh, and Arrow goes through the hotel and he crashes through the window, and there's Christopher Herodal standing there, and I'm like, ooh, Christopher Herodal's yes. going to play Damian Dark. You know what? That'll be that'll be awesome. I'm on board. Turns out it's not him. He dies. And I'm like, well, crap. That's a big missed opportunity. And then they say, oh no, no, we got Neil McDonough, and I'm like, I'm with you again. So, but yeah, just some great casting with the exception. I agree with you on Rachel Gould. And when we get to Legends, I'll agree with you on uh, Vandal Savage as well. I, oh boy, I think no. I have the same problem there. Yeah. Uh, he, well, we'll, we'll get to Legends in a minute. Yeah. Um, I think they need to clean up Diggle this season. I mean, Diggle, well, mainly it's just his stupid helmet. His fucking helmet. You know what I noticed this week that I've never noticed about his stupid helmet before? It only covers the front of his head. There's no back to it. And like, I saw that and I was like, God damn it. But they've said he's getting a new one. Yeah. Well, and also his neck is completely exposed. It's so So somebody's totally going to Django fed him. Yeah. Just call him Sent. They should have just made him Guardian. Just make him damn Guardian. Like, don't bother with this Sentry nonsense. Like, Go with it. Now, I've I've liked the story with him and his brother. I thought that ended up, you know, pretty good. I'm kind of curious to see where it keeps going. That's another thing that had the potential to be really annoying. Mm-hmm. And they told it, you know, they moved it along. They didn't drag it out for the whole season. Now, granted, I think there's more to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he could have been in that cell on a different show. He could have been in on that cell the whole season. Yeah. Uh, was- they They got to the point. What I liked about that storyline, too, was that Brother's not brainwashed. Brother hasn't been tricked by anybody. Right. Brother's just a dick. Yes. And that was great. It was like, nope, I'm just making money. Like, go to hell. And I was like, all right, I can be all right with that. That he's That's just who he is. We don't have to deal with another somebody took over my mind or whatever. Yeah, there was a great line in this week's episode. Anybody else coming back from the dead this week? Yeah. <laughs> no. Who else is coming Wait. back? Yeah. Uh, I've liked Felicity. They... I sometimes I I feel they go a little too over the top with her. They make um, her too girly sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when we have seen that she is not that flailing weepy person, we know she's not that, but sometimes they write her that way for right. some reason. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had some, she was, I thought she was really good this week. Yes. When they're like, well, have you thought to, you know, get, oh, are you going to be able to whatever she's doing? And she says, you know, I love the fact that you understand what I just said. I'm very hurt that you don't believe I can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, another thing in that scene this week that I thought was genius is when Oliver tells you, have you had any luck yet? And she like goes <laughs> off on him. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, they do say that to her all the yeah. time. Like, do you have any luck? Like, I'm waiting yeah. to see. So we've got now, she's part Stephanie Brown. She's part Barbara Gordon. Now we gotta bring in like some Cassandra Kane, I guess. We need more Batgirl. They're gonna bring all the Batgirls into one character, I think. <laughs> yes, cause, cause, cause now we, we know that her, her daddy is a supervillain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And that's been the longest like rumored thing on that show. I yeah. can't believe it's finally like come true. Like when it happened, the people I are watching it was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I forget that this is not just common knowledge that that's where the show was going. And I, I, I love the actor they got to play the calculator. I, there's a sentence mm-hmm. I never thought I would ever utter. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> calculator doing on television, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm um, really excited Katana's back. I'm, yes. I am happy that they addressed the biggest ongoing problem with Oracle and the comic books is that in a world where an alien from another planet flies around and you have Vic Stone with his cybernetic parts and all these other things, why the hell is Barbara Gordon stuck in a wheelchair? I like that Oliver addressed that mm-hmm. and said, you know, we live in this fantastic world. We're going to get you to walk mm-hmm. again. Ray will be back soon. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think they're going to keep her in that chair. No, I don't think so. Just from a show perspective, I think that's going to be too much for them to have to constantly write around her being in a wheelchair, which is a terrible thing to say, honestly. But, you know, it's too hard for them to write around that. Well, and and at the same time, though, like we said, in this world, it just doesn't make sense for her to be part of this crew and and – to not have a way out of that chair. Yeah, because we've had people die that are walking around. Right, right, right. Granted, not not as well as they once were. Right. No. We seem to be running into some issues there, and I'm very curious to see. Uh, I loved the reveal that Dark's wife is now running for mayor against mm-hmm. Dolly. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Uh, and I love that whatever aspect it is of Dark's power that let Thea not have the bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to deal with that now. Yeah, that's was, good writing to tie that all together like that. Yes. I, I was half expecting, because we had the return of Roy in a guest spot, I almost expected Thea to, in a fit of bloodlust, kill him. Oh, wow. I and thought have, that was going to happen. You know what? Then, I, then when they were to, on the couch, I was like, yeah. going to stab her in the head. Like, and then have to, have two to seasons, deal with that. Yeah. Two seasons ago, that would have happened. Yeah. This season, I think that's too dark. Yeah. Because they yeah. have this season has been significantly lighter. Yeah. You know, even with Felicity getting shot, overall the tone of this season is much more like Flash. Yes. Uh except for the dead grave person. Well, yes, yeah. except for <laughs> the that. thing hanging in the background. That we still don't know Somebody what that's going to be. I still think it's Felicity's mom. Yeah, that's that's what I'm leaning towards as well. Although if it was Felicity's mom, when they had that that scene with her and Oliver in the back of the car, and he's like, "Are you okay?" Would he have really said, "Are you okay?" If that was her mom, like, I don't uh, know. well, Oliver asked her stupid things like that. Well, that's time. a good point. Yes, but now, 
I had always assumed that it was either Damien Dark or or Merlin that was responsible for it. Now I'm thinking her father causes her mother's death. Yeah. Yeah. See, I still, I after, I guess last night, I'm leaning towards maybe they're going to kill Thea off. Like, she's dumb. I hate her. Get rid of her. Like, because I'm trying to, like, think of, like, why would Oliver be out there alone at the grave? I mean, I, I guess Felicity couldn't walk to it. But it seems like he would, but, like, help her out to right, the grave. Right, right. Oh, that's a good point, too. But, yeah. but I don't think they'll kill Diggle. But, but then having Barry there, Barry's being there makes me, you know, that's why I, you know, I'm leaning toward it. You know, it's got to be somebody that's a reason for Barry to come. Yeah, that's a good. But point he didn't too. come to the funeral. See, that's yeah. what I throws you off too. Is he shows up? And he's like, "Hey, I should have been here." Like, eh, you know, maybe I should have been here. I don't know. I'm dealing. With <laughs> I didn't know your sister. <laughs> yeah, right. He's met her. He's seen her belly button, much like the rest of the nation has. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, nice segue again. You guys are on top of that shit tonight. Let's move on to Flash and where we are, which is a pretty fantastic place because. I I was so disappointed that when last season ended, I thought we weren't going to have any more wonderful... T- oh, shoot. What's his name? Who's playing Her- Harrison? Oh, Tom, right. Tom, Tom Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh. I thought Tom Cavanaugh was gone, and I was very sad because he was incredible. But this season, he is back as a technically different character. He has been... Absolutely amazing in a completely different way than he was last season. And we have had some absolutely wonderful stories and then also a bucket full of West family shit that I don't care about. <laughs> God damn. <All> right. <laughs> they are starting to hit like that show last season could do no wrong in my eyes. It started this season great. And then we got the goddamn Fast and Furious. Well, here's the thing. It's, I'm so mad about it. Everything like, about the show is absolutely wonderful, except for Wally West. Which makes no sense, because Wally West is my Flash. Mm-hmm. He, was, yeah. he was our gateway Flash for a lot of people. Yes. But and there's now, no character on that show that's Wally West comic book, Wally West role. There's no kind of real sarcastic, like... I mean, Cisco kind of is, but not in the way Wally is. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, he could fit such a role on that show that doesn't take anything serious, blows it all off. Like, it would be perfect. Yeah, so far, they have... Well, Iris, uh, other than being sort of a catalyst for Barry to do things from time to time, Iris is useless. Yeah. Uh, Wally is so far, and he could be saved... So far, Wally is terrible and distracts from my enjoyment of the show. Joe, I love. Yes. I love Joe, and I'm terrified that they're going to kill him. Yeah, you know it's coming. No, don't say that. It's got to be coming, and I hate it. But Yeah, the, 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 Joe scene, the Joe Barry scenes have all been incredible. But, but Joe works with all of them. Put Joe and Cisco together. Put Joe and Wales together. Yes. Joe's great on Arrow. When he shows yeah. up there, makes yes. side comments. Because like, he gets to have more fun <laughs> on Arrow. Yeah. Joe by himself facing off against Gorilla Grodd. I bought that that man was terrified. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a, an important moment for the character, too, because he had been such a rock and so competent and so on top of things 
the whole season up to mm-hmm. that point. And then we saw him lose his shit. And it was like, oh, he's not, yeah. you know, we already liked him because he, he was essentially sort of a superhero. Yeah. He was the great cop. He was the power, you know, the strong father figure, the great dad, the great guy who's taking care of this kid that he's not even related to. Like, and then we saw that moment of just paralyzing weakness. And you're like, oh man, I love him even more now. But I also love that Joe takes a joy in watching Barry be the Flash. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are moments where just with a look, on his on the character's face that Joe really shows off the oh my god look at look at just how beautiful that is what he's doing well and think how much how of a drag think how much of a drag this show could have been if they'd done the dynamic where Joe didn't want him to be the flash right oh right. gosh how miserable would it be to yeah. watch yeah and whereas now it's like you know there's a problem call Barry yes <laughs> it's like, don't you, you know. need to put your suit on get yeah. out of here so, so at this point in the second season, uh, now everybody's caught up to Flash, right? Yes. So we have, once again, the Mark Guggenheim brand of storytelling is put a good story out there, but don't drag it out too long. And with this week's episode of Flash, we saw that with Wells coming clean. Mm-hmm. Instead of dragging it out the whole damn season. So what you're saying is this show moves fast? Oh! oh. I am. I am absolutely saying that. Uh, but it's true. Other shows would have dragged the Wells storyline yes. out all season. We would have been sick and damn tired of it by the end. And it would have undermined the characters by making them look so stupid for never having twigged to the fact that Wells was, excuse right. me, Wells was playing against them. But right. instead, the and Flash. I didn't, huh? I didn't need a whole season of Barry slowing down. Like, right. I right. started to get worried during that episode. Like, oh God, are we going to go every week? And they're like, Oh, I'm at seventy percent. I can't run past a car. Right, it would have been like, like damn spawns, spawns meter in the comics or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't need this. But you know what? They realized we don't need this. We mm-hmm. get, we understood the impact of what was happening because Flash lost two percent of his speed as a result of it. Iris got hurt, and they were like, you know what? That's enough. The audience gets it. Let's move yep. on. And they gave, in all that, they gave Barry another character moment that fits him so well and, like, shows you that characterization where, you know, everyone else is like, now nah, we're going to keep him locked up and throw him into her tomb and lock it up. Yeah. And, and Barry, Barry said, says, no, no that. that's not what we are. You Which, know? at that point, I said, looks like Barry's been watching Supergirl. <laughs> Which, you know what's weird? It's a very, it's the exact opposite of the dynamic of the beginning of the season where everyone else was wanting to give Wells the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And Barry was like, no. Mm-hmm. And, and now, now they've all switched. And that's because this show, or these shows, show growth and character change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Wells was working with Zoom because Zoom has his daughter, and he was going to steal Barry's speed. And I think, you know, I don't. Wells is not necessarily uh, a good guy or a hero. I think just as much as he didn't want to dick Barry over, he also realized after his after giving Zoom that two two percent of Barry's speed force, uh, he realized this guy's going to kill me and my daughter no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think he realized he was better going with Team Flash than with Team mm-hmm. Zoom. 
And I love the fact that after he cops to it, he puts his hands behind his head. Oh, yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yes. Come on with it. Yeah. So, yeah, and just took it. And, yeah. Yeah, he did. He put his faith in them because he's, you know, at this point, if they do just lock him away, then, yeah, his, his daughter's dead. Yep. But he knows, you know, he's been working with these people. He has faith in them. He trusts them. Uh, and I think he knows that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I think I, I like how the showrunners this season, you know, it, it was almost like Arrow where they gave you a season, you know, all right, here's a little bit of time travel. He's from the future, but it's not too complicated. You know, a fairly basic story. Get used to guys that have some powers. And then season two breaks out and it's like, all right, here we go. Parallelers, talking gorilla, talking shark, parallel timelines, and they're letting people handle it. And they're doing a really good job with Earth 2. I'm kind of curious next week when we actually see it. When, I think when, they've underused Jay Garrick a little bit. I was really yeah. excited Jay Garrick was going to be on it, and then he's just kind of been there. Um, I imagine there's obviously going to be a plan for him, especially that mm-hmm. his doppelganger is – Hunter Zolomon, which was a huge reveal. Oh, yeah. What is that? I don't, like, I don't I, know that. So Hunter Zolomon is Zoom. Like, yeah. that's Zoom. Oh. Um, and so I don't know if they were expecting that to be this huge – like, I don't know if they wrote it as like, holy shit, here's a huge reveal everybody's going to get. And you have to really read comics to understand it, and it passed everybody by, or if it was just – a more of an Easter egg wink. So I'll be right. curious to see like how that plays out if it really is Zoom. See, to me, it felt like a huge reveal that I just didn't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Zoom. Well, I the and this show has been good with it, good with the Easter eggs and the character names and stuff. They've been great with. It. They've had a great guest cast. I mean, they brought with Return of Mark Hamill as the Trickster, mm-hmm. which is absolutely f- fantastic. I yes. mean. In that episode, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, the fact that Tony Todd is is voicing Zoom is so creepy. Yeah, my gosh. You know, I know everybody's on about who's who is Zoom, who is Zoom, who's under the mask. You know what? I'd be happy if they ripped the mask off and it's Tony Todd under there. I'm fine with that. And he says, "I'm Tony Todd." Yeah. <laughs> Earth to Tony Todd. Yeah, right. Actually, there would probably be a motherfucker on the end of that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, but that great, just great casting in terms of these things, because he's got that voice. Yes. That just, because they probably don't have to put a lot of filter on that to get that gravelly out of him. Well, and bring in uh, Chief in as Turtle. Yeah. As Turtle. Turtle. And, turtle. And actually making Turtle, like, menacing and a yeah. threat. Yeah. Tarpet, they did not do as good of a job with. No. Like, I was like, and they got him wet. There we go. All yeah. right. Although yeah, I, he was a second thought. It seemed. And like. and I I you know I know they started on this show. Uh, I uh, Captain Cold and um, Heatwave. Mm-hmm. We're oh, so yeah. close to having the full rogues. Yeah, they are just so good. Oh. Uh, those two actors, who I know have done stuff together before, have such a great chemistry together that. You know, I could almost watch just the two of them run off and do something together. Oh, yeah. So with that, we will move on to Legends of Tomorrow, which <laughs> I, I would call it unexpected. <laughs> not not just in its existence, but in how it's going about things. Uh, I have only, so far, I think we've all only seen the first, or no, 
Bobby, you said you saw the newest one. I have seen the third episode, yes. I've only seen the first two, and I was very surprised at a lot of things about it, but I can't say anything really let me down. I liked the character interaction a lot. I think they're handling the era-hopping, which I'm going to call it era-hopping more than I am time-traveling, because this Mm -hmm. is clearly going to be a different thing from Doctor Who. Uh, They're handling it very well so far. I was extremely surprised, and and once again I will remind the listeners that spoilers are going to happen, that Hawkeye bit the dust. Oh, Mm -hmm. Hawkeye. (laughs) Hawkman. But... The thing with Hawkman is he's the best one to kill because he's going to come back and well, you're going to run into him in every era as you travel around. And oh, also here's he's this area is Hawkeye, man. So you got me doing it now. Yeah, it's 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 hard to keep up with all these super guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, and Bobby, you touched on this earlier, I'm not so much of a fan of their casting of Vandal Savage. Right. I'm, you know what the problem is? Is that's not Vandal Savage. That's Heth set. And I don't know why they felt the need to call him Vandal Savage. Right. Like, Vandal Savage is asshole caveman. Right, like, exactly. And that's, that's who he is. Hath Set is the character that they're showing on this show. Dr. Haster. Like, it's a weird, like, I don't know if they felt like they needed the name recognition because of all the general public that knows Vandal Savage. Right. All these people um, who have been just pining for Vandal Savage television shows. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand that choice, but yeah, that's not Vandal Savage. And the guy that does it's kind of weird. He reminds me of like a bad guy in a Highlander movie that I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and, a good call. And you know, in episode two, he suffered from the same problem that others have. You put him next to Neil McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he suddenly, he's not, he's even less Im- impressive than he was before. Well, you know what cracks me up about that show too is like, on the second episode when they're at the, uh, you know, they're buying the arms or whatever and they're in this place. It's 1975. There's no superheroes. None of that started yet. All of a sudden a dude starts flying around with fire shooting stuff. People grow wings and none of them freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like you would think they'd all be like, hell no. And all ran the hell out. But no, nah, it was just a scene. I can <laughs> say that episode three will address some of that to a Okay. Bit. That's good. Yes, they uh, are. They are still in 1975 in episode three. Okay. That's as much. That's as much spoiler as I'll go. Yeah. So. Now Captain Cold is killing it. That was another thing my wife said to mention. She loves his character like more than anything on any show. Oh, every line she cracks up. Every line he does. Yeah, every and, like, line he delivers is just covered in in like coolness and menace and that, that deadpan delivery. Yes. Like scenes will go by and she'll be like, Where's where's Mr. Freeze? And I'm like, That's Captain Cole. And she's like, Whatever, where is he? <laughs> I don't know. He's coming. Yeah. It, well, it really he, is like watching a nineties I've told you this. It's like watching a nineties DC summer crossover. <laughs> like it's not great. The story is iffy at best and doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's really entertaining and you yeah. have a lot of characters together, which is great. You know, yes. it seems like we're going to have a lot more characters. Jonah Hex is going to show up. Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Rock. Rock. Sergeant Rock, yeah. Our Man and uh, Sandman. Yep. The, uh, oh, Gold- I hadn't heard Sandman. Yeah, was. Our Man and Sandman. Golden Age Sandman, not Morpheus. Nice. Not, not sad, moody Sandman. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and what I'm curious if you heard, like, apparently the JSA is going to show up on one of the shows. Well, we've yeah. seen one, several of them from Earth 2. Right. Although they've all been bad, I, which is weird. Oh. I've warmed up on Legends of Tomorrow to Sarah, to White Canary a little bit. On Arrow, I could not stand her. I hated her more than I hated um, Laurel. She's gotten a little better, and I feel like they're giving her, like, a little more of a sarcastic kind of funny characterization, which I think is doing a lot better. And she plays well off the other characters on that show, I think much better than she ever did on Arrow. Right. I think, and too, they're playing with, because I know they do this in the first two, and in the third episode, they play with splitting off the characters into smaller groups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost been a different configuration each episode to see who really works well together. And I will say, putting her uh, cold and heat together works. Well, but, but putting her with uh, Stein. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Adam. He, no, Adam won't No, it was Jax, wasn't it? When it yeah, uh, yeah. Stein yes. and Jax really worked. And then in, in this week's episode, I guess this will be a little spoilery, too. She, it's her and I almost said Rory. Her and Rip <laughs> are together for the episode, and, I, and I they like, are really good together. I like the way with Rip's character. There's a lot. There are a lot of questions, and he's not necessarily like we already know. He basically did the same thing as the Doctor. He stole a time machine and mm-hmm. led his people, who he found to be too inactive. But I like. That he's deceptive. I like mm-hmm. that he's not just this glistening good guy. There, I look forward to talking on. to you guys after you watch this week's episode. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. If this show doesn't end with his son back alive and me getting a wink that, yep, Booster Gold is coming, I'm going to be very upset. Because I want Booster Gold. And when they showed his kid, I was like, oh, there he is. And then they killed him. And I was like, God. Damn it. And oh, so is I'm, that is that who that is? Yeah, Rip Hunter's son is Booster Gold. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't you read 52? That was like the big reveal at the end of 52. Dude, I can't remember anything that happened. In, as a matter of fact, I didn't get all the way through 52. I, I oh, got a, so good. I got a certain number in, and I was just like, this. there's too much. This is too mired in continuity that I'm not familiar with. I can't. I can't follow. Yeah, so Rip Hunter's kid is... Booster Gold. Oh, and I'm curious because you know Booster Gold has been the rumor, one of the rumor next shows that they're looking to do. Right. So I'm kind of hoping we get to see him. Um, I'm glad to see that this show carries on. That Hawkman and Hawkgirl suck, no matter what you do with them. They suck in comics. <laughs> they suck everywhere you put them. They're shitty characters, and I wish people would stop using. That's them. not true. I, all right, on the Justice League cartoon. Yes. I, she, she was all yes, right. She was awesome, but. Like, Everywhere else, the hawks are awful. Yeah, hawk hawk girl on this show is very nice to look at. Uh, wears some horrible clothes, uh, but yeah, has a big smile. Yes, Lots big of smile, teeth. big smile. She's like the television version of Rosario Dawson. <laughs> all right, let me ask you all a question about the second episode because okay. this is bugging the hell out of me. Okay, so well, two things. First, they were in the cage. The cage drops down. We are trapped with the knives. Captain Cold has the cold gun on the belt. Why didn't we just get out? Why, well, right. Why didn't he freeze? the entire time. Yeah. Just shoot the damn bars. And then there was another weird scene later where the knife magically 
was in somebody else's hand that I thought was really weird. Um, I don't know that I caught that. It was bothering me that he didn't freeze the bars and and break them. But if that's Vandal Savage's house, those bars are probably freeze-proof, but they could have done a bit there. Yeah. He could have frozen them and then, like, or they wouldn't freeze or something. Yeah. And I'm glad to see Brandon Rouse in that same. He is still Mm -hmm. killing it. Yes. He is so damn funny. Dude, and- when they pull when uh when I think Stein handed him the suit while it was miniaturized and it was oh. basically just a little action figure. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> Try not to lose any of it this yes. time. Yes. Um I and let's just let's just you know, it's it, it Brandon Routh is a, was a cool casting choice, but let's talk about the the inspired casting that is Victor Garber as Professor Stein. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, straight straight off of uh, the sci-fi original movie, Polar Tornado or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. He was already he might in Canada, be, so yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. He was up there filming for sci-fi again. Uh, yeah, he's so much fun. I, I probably my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I'm glad to see that they gave Jax is Ronnie Raymond. Like they realized, all right, you know, we didn't really do Ronnie Raymond. So here you go. Here he is. We'll just yeah. name something different. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny cause damn, I'm, another spoiler. He, 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 Stein and, and, and Ray are, are teamed up in the second one, which is weird cause they've got Firestorm, but they keep keeping the two guys separate. But so <laughs> Stein. costs a lot of money. Well, right, and so, also you gotta give, you've gotta give Heatwave a reason to exist. Yeah. Cause well, why Stein do you need and, him if you've got Firestorm, really? Why yeah, do you need anybody yeah. if you have Firestorm? Well, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've got Stein and Ray Palmer. And so Ray's out doing something. Stein's on the speakers talking to him. And he keeps calling him Raymond. And all I can think about is Ronnie, cause he used to call him Mr. Raymond all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So. I had, so I had the little moment there. <laughs> they seem to be, I, I need to slow down. They seem to have, I think in Rip's little room, I bet there's a lot more Easter eggs in there that are hidden throughout that room that I haven't caught yet. The only one I've caught is the Jonah Hex poster. Yeah. Um, but there's probably the poster, stuff yeah. in that room that I'd like to slow down and look at. Um, I do like they're dealing with basically back to the future type time travel. And they're kind of going along with the same thing. Like, eh, don't think about it too much. But if things go bad, you might start disappearing or things could disappear. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to watch. I always enjoy that version of time travel. And I think at one point they just basically said, yeah, don't really think about it too hard. And mm-hmm. then it just went. I kind of wish they were in time bubbles because that's what I'm used to seeing with that. But, yeah, It's easier um, to do the ship. And the ship looks yeah. really good. And yeah. I like that it is – uh, more of a spacecraft. Like they're not all hanging out in their rooms. They sit in the chairs in the the cockpit or whatever it is. Um, like I do, I did have one question. You know, because he's got the Gideon computer, right? In Legends, right? Which is which is designed and built by Barry Allen in the future. You and, know, Bar- and Barry what, builds Gideon, and is what the old Wells was talking to. Right. So it's like. In in Flash, they seem to have forgotten about that side room with. They Gideon went in there, there last week, or yeah, two they, were, they were in there. Oh, uh, when Cisco when they operated his vibe powers. Yeah, yeah, true, but oh, yeah, but they don't really they, they haven't really taken advantage of the fact that they've got this giant computer from the future. I thought it well, shut yeah, down. Yeah, you're right. Didn't yeah, they shut it down? It could be, yeah. it out or something. I something think they, probably. Yeah, something happened. happened. 
I just viewed Gideon as like, yeah, Barry builds it, but Gideon's like the Surrey of that era. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone kind of has it and they ask it questions. Yeah. And it annoyingly probably doesn't like, have the right thing. And, and you know what? Smart of them. They already had those. They already had that in the, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. CGI there. Same actor, you know. Yeah, smart to reuse a lot. I mean, yeah, because yeah. I was because and you know like just like it looks like they rented a bunch of old Stargates uh, sets for all the Egyptian <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. talking about like not dragging things out, I really do like to. They didn't drag out the yeah. We're not really the heroes. We're the mm-hmm. people no one gives a shit about. Like they could have dragged that story out to like episode six. And then, yeah. oh, somebody finds out we aren't really the heroes. Yeah. Like, nope, it was episode one. You all suck. But it's setting <laughs> up like a good, like, they could do this every year with different combinations of characters, which I guess is the plan. I, that's what I've heard. And then they can just go to – and it gives them a way to show the DC universe whenever they want to. And I guess – I mean I, I imagine they're going to dimension hop eventually. Because yeah. I, I don't want to have five years of chasing down Vandal Savage. No. Because I, I, I want that guy. <laughs> I want him off TV as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. But the, and, you know, I love the fact too that because of era, you know, because of, and you know, because DC is very, yeah, our movies is one, are one thing, our TV shows are another. But we have four shows, three currently on the air, one no longer on the air now that are part of the same shared universe with Flash, Arrow, Legends, and Constantine because of the crossovers. Right. And we're about to add another one of those if you guys are ready to segue. We we are. I was just getting ready to do that very thing, so well done. That's why you're the award-winning writer. Yeah, I've, I've done this a time or two. Uh, yes, we're going to have uh, the Flash show up on Supergirl. On March 28th. Uh, yes. It it is happening. What we all were kind of hoping for, but I don't think anybody really believed, just because cross network stuff is so rare. Uh unless the show's been canceled, <laughs> right. yeah, unless they yeah. just yeah, are throwing I, stuff in the trash. And and I I think the only reason it happened, but across networks, is the fact that they're executive produced by the same guy. Sure. Well, that I, I, that's even that though, without the fans. Getting online and going nuts for it, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have happened. Right. I mean, it's definitely social media has changed the landscape of, of television, uh, certainly television, uh, potentially movies as well. But I think it's much more direct with television. Well, and they got to know it's ratings gold. I yes. mean, Supergirl's yeah. already doing really well, which I'm yeah. kind of surprised by. But then to say like – and I know I know people that – won't watch it or didn't watch it because it was on CBS and they didn't like the look of it. But by bringing Flash over, you know, maybe people will give it a chance because it's a good show. Like, it is. It has found its legs. Uh, Melissa Benoist, 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 however, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the start, she has been fantastic. She's the core of the show. She's the, the most likable superhero on television, even over Barry, which I did not imagine I would ever say. Uh, she is, you know, Supergirl on this show, Kara on this show, is the most exemplary superhero we've ever had on television. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she wants not just to fight, you know, criminals and aliens and stuff, but she wants to help people. Yeah. And co- coincidentally, 
probably, you know, because with her and Barry, those are the two superheroes you see smile every once in a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lightness to the characters that I think people resonate with. I mean, I love grim and gritty characters as much as the next guy. Sure. But, you know, there is something fun about watching watching Supergirl f- learning how to fly and really control her how she's flying or she rescues something or stops something and she's just excited by the fact that she did it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love the key to me she's the most important element of the show. Mm-hmm. But from a from an interaction standpoint, uh Cat Cat Grant her interaction, their interaction is the cornerstone of the show. Yes. Well, and this is kind of funny. A couple of weeks ago, my daughter was spending the night over at Jay, the belligerent monkey's daughter's house. They were having a slumber party, and they were playing Supergirl. And one girl was playing Kara, and the other one was playing Cat Grant. And they were having, like, <laughs> conversations where one of them was running the office and, like, <laughs> and, like speaking with her. And, like, well, like, and I love the fact that you guys are calling her Kara, too, because I can't call her Kara. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, yeah. She, yeah. She's like Kara for me. Since, yeah. Yeah. They've brought it up. You know, the visual effects on that show have been handled really well, too, because out of all of them, maybe besides Flash, that's the one where they could get in the most trouble of it looking bad. And every once in a while, the flying doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I do Martians, love... They handled the hell out of the Martians. Yeah. Yes. I do love, though, the way they have worked flight into the fight scenes. Yes. Um, the the battle with, with Bizarro Supergirl uh, in this week's episode was a perfect example. Like when Bizarro lifts her up and she throws her down toward the ground and she just kind of flies off mm-hmm. instead of hitting the ground. Yes. I love stuff like that. Well, and when they were in, when they were in the warehouse and just kind of hovering around each other, mm-hmm. having that standoff in the air because why stand on the ground? We can fly. Yep. And so I, I love what they're doing doing with that there and I think that yeah and she's got she's got the takeoff and landing bits down to a T. Oh totally. Totally I saw her on a talk show where she just showed how she does them and it's like yeah, she's just so cute too. Mm-hmm. She is okay, I noticed a very strange thing and I, I had wondered about this because this to me this show is very much uh it's good and I enjoy it. It it was a little shaky at first plot wise and some of the relationship stuff I could do without, but you know, this, every show is aimed at everyone, but certain shows are written leaning more towards certain demographics. And I mm-hmm. think this show is not necessarily aimed at the same demographic as Arrow and Flash and, nope. and certainly Gotham. Uh, it's aimed at a younger, uh, more female demographic. Mm-hmm. My daughter knows exactly when this show is on, and she will be in there waiting for it to yes. start. Yes, and see, yep. I think that's wonderful. And not only is that wonderful, it's amazing that they have made it good enough, or not good enough, because good's not the right word. They have enough elements that I enjoy that I like the show, too. Mm-hmm. Does your son like it? Oh, he loves it. He's yeah, my the, kids do, too. He's the reason, uh, my son is the reason we kept watching it, because after the first couple of episodes, my wife and I were both kind of like, uh, I don't know, this, all of this, like, we can't stand when, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really, initially, I I didn't like anybody but Cat and Kara on the show. Took me a bit to warm up to Kara uh, to Kit to Cat, mainly because I just have never been a big fan of the actor. Oh, see, I I've always liked her. Um, I I even from time to time saw an Ally McBeal just because I liked her and um oh shit I can't remember his name right now. Uh, there's an actor on the show that I really liked, uh, but. I, I've I've always, uh, for whatever reason, kind of liked her, and I love her on this. I love her her caustic mm-hmm. attitude. I I just I really dig her, but I couldn't stand anybody else on the show. I didn't like Hank at first. I didn't like Kara's sister. I, I just didn't like anyone on that show. Uh, most of them have grown on me to one degree or another. Certainly, Hank. You know, since his big reveal. reveal. Yes. The way they played Hank was so smart. Because, oh, yeah. like, you know, there's his name. Oh, he's going to be a cyborg. And then his eyes would turn red. And, like, my son would be like, well, Dad, who's that? And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's Cyborg Superman. Right. So he's probably a robot. And then we're watching it, and he turns into Martian Manhunter. And you just turn and go, no You're way. Like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And what's beautiful about that is it still leaves the possibility for Hank Henshaw to yes. show up. Yeah. And- and let's also, you know, one thing that they've done with, with Supergirl and with Flash, I love how the parents are played by former characters from the same, from, who have yes. played the same characters. Yes. You know, how we have John Wesley Shipp as, as Barry's dad on The Flash, how we have the former Supergirl Hel- Helen Slater as Kara's stepmom, how we have Dean Kane as her stepfather. You've heard who may possibly be Superman. I, I've heard they've t- the, 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 yeah, there's been a. Do interest. I need to sing it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you do. It's been a while. Let's hear it. Somebody save me. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> my, my small film may return. And, and you know, uh, you know, DC, Warner Brothers, whoever the problem is, let's just lighten up. Mm-hmm. If, if you put a Superman on this show, it's not going to make anybody like Superman less. It's not going to let you sell less Superman t shirts. It's not going to dilute. Henry Cavill, it's not going to cause any problems. It's just going to make people happy. And the show is called Supergirl. People are not going to expect him to show up every episode. I wonder if that's what it is. If it's not so much that, you know, it's the movies. If it's more of once you see him, you're going to expect to see him more. I think think they know who he is. Like, I'm all right with, like, a text every once in a while Mm -hmm. or, like, him in the shadows. That says the precedent that, yeah, he's in the background. He's around. But the minute you show him, he becomes a real character in this world. See, that's like saying when Buffy showed up on Angel, you expected her to be on every episode from there on out. I don't watch that garbage. Don't talk to me. (laughs) You shut your mouth, you dirty whore. Um but but seriously, uh, uh, yeah, um, Tom Welling showing up as Superman, I think would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a good uh, sort of season, either season finale or do it in the same episode where Barry shows up. Do it in sweep sweep. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> or just um, let him come on as like Clark Kent. You don't yeah. have to put the damn Superman yeah. out. But let, let him come on in a sweet red leather let jacket. That, let that man put on a Superman suit for once in his life. They let him do it for the last five seconds. He needs to be happy with that. Oh my gosh! Uh, also, but now we are getting young Kal-El in next week's episode. Yes, which it, is which oh, is oh. an adaptation of an Alan Moore story. 
Oh, you know what? I did see that. This is another time my wife called me a giant nerd because, like, they showed that the plant on the table. Right. And she was like, ooh, what's that? I was like, it's a mercy plant. I bet you 10 bucks next week's episode is called for the girl who has everything. Yep. And she was like, what? No, no. We went through the guide, and she was like, oh, my God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, and how how good if, – if you watched the preview uh, at, the, at the end of the show, how good does the Black Mercy look? Like, yeah. that shit looked creepy. Yeah. I first, before I even saw the episode, I saw a picture online just from the side of her laying on the gurney with just, where you could just in profile. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the mercy. You know, it's the mercy plant. And I'm like, I, I freaked out. I'm excited. Yeah. And, it's, and, and to be going there, what are we, are we even 10 episodes in yet? Uh, close. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome. They're really, it took them, Probably five-ish episodes to get their footing, and I feel like they're really on track now, and they're bringing in some really fantastic comic book elements. And when they bring them in, they don't fuck around. Like yeah. Martian Manhunter just looks like Martian Manhunter. Red Tornado, which granted nobody wants to see Red Tornado, but he looked like – well, he looked like Vision in football yeah. pads, but – what else right, is he going to look like? But you know, we got we got Doctor Tio Morrow out of that too, which was yes, cool. yes. And you know, we've gotten Bizarro, we've gotten Max Lord, who is like their version of Lex Luthor. So I'm wondering how dark they're going to get with that because if they follow Max Lord all the way through, he's going to get pretty nasty. And I think that could be an interesting like I don't think comparison th- between the two. I don't think this show will get that bad. As a matter of fact, I, I think that this Max Lord is going to stick to being more Lex Luthor like because he mm-hmm. I mean, in the same way that Ollie is is basically Batman, Max Lord is basically Lex Luthor. Yeah. Maybe he'll go bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's already betty- better than Jesse Eisenberg. We well, don't know that yeah. yet. I, dude, I would put money on it. <laughs> and I believe me, I'm so excited about Batman versus Superman. Do not get God. me wrong. I think that movie is going to deliver so hard in just geek joy moments. But I also think it's going to be a ridiculous train wreck. Yeah. Have you seen the tr- the trailer where someone recreated the trailer using footage from Adam West's show, George Reeves' show, and, and Linda Carter's Wonder I Woman. I saw you posted that earlier. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, it's the same voice and dialogue and music from right, the... Right, right. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. There have been two of those this week. Uh, someone also did a, redid the Suicide tra- Squad trailer with clips from the animated series. Oh, nice. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Real, real quick. Uh, okay. So we've got Supergirl. Lots of fun. Really has Love found it. its way. Um, what, do we have and any other? It, what, one more, one more thing too about Superman, yeah, uh, yeah. Supergirl and Flash. Yeah. 30 years ago. God, it's going to make me sound old. <laughs> uh, 20 some in the eighties, in the eighties, they did, DC did a book called Crisis as a way to eliminate some of their least popular characters. Two of the characters they killed off because they could not sustain books were Flash and Supergirl. Good call. Oh, I never wow. made that connection. Who are two of the hottest properties on TV today? Flash Wow. Just goes to show that there are no bad characters. Only bad writers. 
don't know. Comic so. book Barry Allen kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a really interesting yeah. point that I, I well, and also you know just just to tangentially throw onto that, I mean, who would ever imagined Green Arrow would be the one to spark all of this? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, he he has had. Basically, one notable story. Well, okay, two. He's had longbow hunters, and he had his cross country trek with Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and uh, that's about covers it for old <laughs> Oliver Queen. Yeah. Oh, and also, oh, okay, exciting stuff. I don't normally get into uh, future spoiler stuff, but again, if it's on the internet, it's out there. We know Legends of Tomorrow. We, you mentioned Jonah Hex. Uh-huh. Uh, we mentioned. Our Man and Sandman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also been confirmed that the reason Stephen Amell was growing out his goatee is oh, because yeah. yep. he is going to be playing Oliver Queen of 40 years from now yep. and will be missing his left arm and we will, will apparently also- be some sort of nod to Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight stuff. Uh, we are supposed to, in that episode, also see his son, Connor. Oh, all wow. Grown up. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, just really cool. So many, you know, these things are based on comic books, but that's not always a guarantee that you're going to get nods to the source material. Right. But these guys are, are giving us quality stuff. They really are. And, and I'm, I'm pretty darn happy with everything we've got right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, real quick, I want to mention that I watched the new DC animated movie Batman Bad Blood last night. And it's awesome if you've enjoyed the Son of Batman, the ones that are in that continuity, because they're not all a shared continuity. Right. Uh, but there are ones that focus around Bruce and Damien that, that have been and that feature the same voice cast. And this one is part of those. And it introduces uh, Batwoman into this story. And it's, it's again, fantastic. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. D- the DC animated home releases... Uh, most of them are very good. Some of them are great. And I haven't seen one yet that I just thought was bad. But Batman Bad Blood, definitely uh, give it a look when you get a chance. Cool. I have not seen that one yet. I, I really, really dug it. And now, the last couple of the voice casts didn't quite click with me, but now I guess I'm used to them because I didn't even notice it going in. Uh, they were they were solid. Yeah. Any, anything you got? Any more comic book uh, um, media well, stuff? I, I I did watch the first episode of Lucifer. Um, oh, I've heard it's bad. I was surprised. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I have not yet seen the second episode um, because it does end up with him becoming a consultant with the police department at the end of the first episode. So I suspect that was going to get old really quick. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll try episode two, but I was surprised. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the first episode, and I think a lot of it had to do with the lead actor playing Lucifer, who is who is really charming and carries the show. Yeah. Kind of almost like Matt Ryan was the best thing of Constantine. It's kind of the same thing. He's really good, but what's around him needs a little work. I tend to want to give things a chance, but Neil Gaiman's Lucifer is very near and dear to my heart and then uh when when he you know sort of veered off into his own series after that i love that character and the show didn't look to me like it captured 
the spirit of that very well. I watched the first probably about 10 minutes of it. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, that song they opened with, I was like, this is bullshit. This is not anything Lucifer would ever listen to. That that cage the elephant, right. rest for the wicked or whatever. Like, first of all, that's not even a current song. So if you're going to shoehorn some weak pop song into the show, at least do something that came out in the past year. Right. But that song, I mean, play Sympathy for the Devil. Play one of the cliched ones. I don't give a shit, but make it something that I believe Lucifer would listen to. So, like, that song starts, and I'm like, oh, we're off to a bad start now. And it, the thing with the cop, I was like, I like this, but I don't – it just – I'll give it another chance because I always want to give stuff a fair chance, but man, it didn't, I don't know. It's going to be a tough mm-hmm. sell for me. Now I, 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 I don't, I don't have the connection to the source materials. I've never actually read the Lucifer comic. It's, but. this is, there's no way network television can do what that comic did. And I mean, right. yeah, we've, we said that with, you know, we said there's no way AMC can, can do walking dead justice, which, you know, personally, I still don't feel they have, but that's up for debate. Well, the Juggernaut's coming back next week, and we're finally getting yep. Negan and Jesus. See, and I'm going to have to start watching it again. That, ca- that casting on Negan is killer. Right. I like, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan so much. Yeah. I have and to give it a chance. They said they're going to swing. They're going back and swinging towards comic book continuity again and kind of following yeah. closer what made all those storylines so good. Well, my problem wasn't with the storylines on the show. My problem was that, and if I had never, I, I, I wish I could wipe the comic out of my brain and watch the show with fresh eyes and see if it was any good. Uh, but they did such a poor job adapting the characters that I just, I, I got sick of it. Yeah. They've gotten a little better. I yeah. Think. I, and uh, really, and really, yeah, it's well, yeah. Since they've been bringing in the new characters, they're they're yeah. a little better, yeah. And it's funny to watch now because the changes they made earlier with who they killed, like killing Andrea and um, people like that. Now they're having to make other characters Andrea, and they're having to like adjust. And so it's interesting to watch how they adjust. Mm-hmm. And I think they're trying to throw people off, like Glenn. I mean, is whatever it's all spoilers fan read the comic turn it down or something um (laughs) but they've shown a scene where glenn walks by a bat with Mm -hmm. the barbed wire he walks by lucille right and so i really hope they do it go through with it because that is a big powerful thing in the comic and i'm worried that they're going to change it just to be like oh we're keeping people off their feet and mm-hmm. we don't want the comic book readers well, and also to know they, what's going on like but that was a great thing but like, they also did that fake out with glenn recently right mm-hmm. and and, you and that makes me worry they're not going to do it right you can't follow that up with like i, I don't know I, I i i don't even want to talk about walking dead because i stopped watching it mm-hmm. Two, two and a half seasons ago or something. So I really don't know. Every once in a while, I'll, it'll be like a recap of it will be part of something I'm reading. So I, I sort of know what's going on, but I I don't want to get too deep into it. I I really don't know. Well, what I'm really interested in AMC is damn, the pictures of Preacher keep coming out. And they keep looking dead on. To and me, I keep being like. That first trailer totally missed the mark to me. It was, it was humorless and dark. 
And See, I'm not ready to judge anything by that trailer yet well, because I think AMC made that trailer and well, not anybody running it. There was an interview with – oh, I forget who – that's part of the production that said it's going to veer very heavily away from the comic. Yes. See, and it's not going to be anything like the comic. You know, well, that's, he, that's fine. It's helping too. And it's like, about it. Like He's like, yeah, I love what they've done. But it has to have the humor or what's the point. Yeah. Plus, I just you, need Cassidy to be Cassidy. That's yeah. what I need. Like, Plus, you, you kind of lo- they kind of lost me when it said "brought to you by or Seth Rogen presents." Yeah, that was and that was that was, first. that was strike one. That was, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He reads comics like he is a real yes. Reader. Yes, he was a Green yeah. Hornet fan. Yeah, too. I was getting ready to say, did you see Green Hornet? <laughs> you know, they, those happen. We all, <laughs> those we all make happen. sacrifices in our lives. Batman Forever gets made. You know, it's <laughs> I, I like. Seth Rogen, uh, and and you know what it is. I'm not saying that this is going to be terrible because uh, it's entirely possible it'll end up being great. But I'm saying from everything that I've seen so far, there is nothing there that makes me say I'm excited uh, that they're adapting one of my favorite comic books of all time. See, I just I don't know. I look at the stills of it, I guess, and I see it. I, like, I do just not certain at things all. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We will. We will. Because that one I'll have to give a chance. Yeah, I hope I'm right. But I'm, and, I hope you are too. And I, yeah. that's, I want it to be good. Yeah. And it'll suck after this long and so many starts and stops and fails if it's terrible. Well, right. and the thing is, be- it could be terrible but still be very well received. Because that's how I feel about Walking Dead. Like, I think it's yeah. terrible, but people love it. So I, I understand that I'm in the minority and that it's not to my tastes, mm-hmm. and it's a huge success, but I think it's horrible. And I think Preacher's going to be the same thing. I I think this is, if I had to throw out a guess, I think that people are going to love Preacher. I think it's going to do very, very well, because I think they're going to follow the Walking Dead, Breaking Bad formula that AMC has mm-hmm. of the gritty... Grim, you know, look look at the desert filter we put on the lens thing. Uh, but I do not think they're going to capture the humor, and I, I don't think I'm going to dig it. But I, I want you, to. Do you think we're going to see an angel and a demon fucking, and then a baby head that is somewhat on fire flying around? I do not. No, I do not. <laughs> no, AMC no. might cable, but basic cable. Yeah. <laughs> that is now, true. Speaking of basic cable, and I do want to give one uh, for a future, an upcoming sh- comic book-based show uh, that's based on a comic by a friend of mine, uh, Bo Smith's Winona Earp uh, is oh, coming yeah, to yeah, site. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. First, uh, first teaser came out, and I think it looks pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the books are a fun read. If you've, if you've never read any of Bo's books, Bo's... Bo's a very humorous guy, and his books tend to be very heavy action-oriented and heavy on the fun and sarcasm. And I, I, I suspect from seeing the teaser, too, that the show is going to follow in that footstep. So I'm very excited for him about that. And I well, know another of his properties, uh, Cobb, which is more of a straight-up action-adventure thing, is in production as well. I'm so glad that sci-fi is back. Like, yes. The channel is back. And not to comic books, but if you haven't watched The Expanse, it is unbelievably good. That one's still on my DVR. I haven't caught those yet. Make it through, like, the first episode or two. A lot of people said, like, after the first episode, they thought it was the next Battlestar. I didn't think it was that great after the first one. But then after the first two or three, like, 
I was totally hooked on it. It's I, so good. I watched the first three. That's what I've seen. Yeah. And I really, really dug it. But I want to watch them all at once. I don't think it's going to work for me as a weekly show. So right now they're just building up on the DVR and I'm going to go back mm-hmm. and watch them all at once. Cause that's what I did with Ascension, which granted uh, there were only what three of those or whatever, yeah. but I had to watch them all at once and I loved it that way. Well, it's yeah. the same way we watched Battlestar. Battlestar. I did not watch while it was on. I watched it on Netflix. Me too. And if I had had to watch it weekly, especially with the like year long gaps between series, <laughs> it was rough sometimes. Uh, yeah. I couldn't have dealt uh, with that. Expanse watching it weekly can be rough because it is extremely complicated. That's what I'm saying. And they I, don't yeah. give you time to catch up. Like yeah, if you aren't paying attention, they're moving, moving, moving. And yeah. that's what I'm going to. Which do I appreciate. Once once they're all on the DVR, I'm just going to marathon them and, and yeah. do it that way. I think I think I think they had their season finale this this past yes. week. Oh, did yeah, they? Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. So I'll have something to do. Uh, so I've weekend. got them. Yeah, I've got them lined up on my DVR for that very reason as well. Uh, and. And yeah, you're right though. I, I, I'm so happy to see sci-fi, sci-fi shows on sci-fi channel again. Right. Certainly, I mean, Killjoys and Dark Matter, which, hey, Dark Matter is a comic good. book. It is a yeah. comic book show. Dark Matter was a comic before it was a show, so. I couldn't get us into that one. I, I really dug Killjoys, mm-hmm. uh, but Dark Matter, uh, again, I'll, I'll revisit it at some point. It might have been the whole thing where I didn't want to watch it as a weekly show. Right. Uh, I watched the first two or three, and it just didn't it didn't grab me. Um, and then the last thing I have, we don't have time to go into it. I know, but Jessica Jones on Netflix killed it. Awesome show, so good. Well, killed right? it right up until the end. <laughs> uh, I was not a fan of of how quickly and cleanly everything was wrapped up. Mm. Like, grab your neck, snap, we're done. Mm. Uh, but. Everything up to that point was great. I was really surprised that Kilgrave, well, when I first realized he was going to be the big bad for the whole season, I was surprised. And then at the end of the season, I was surprised at how well they sustained him as a big bad. Now, had you read Alias? No. No. No, I have not. So I was a big fan of Alias. Yeah, yeah. I was happy, like, how things went. They did enough where it was different enough that it was really good mm-hmm. and the guy that they had is luke cage i want him in every marvel movie like right now like I, he oh, did dude. such Fantastic. a good job yeah i am so excited for not only the luke cage show but to see him and iron fist together yes. yeah and they're hiding it have you seen yeah. they said iron fist is cast like it's a yeah. done deal and he's showing up yeah he I, said i think he's going to first show up on Luke Cage show. I think, so. I think he may show up on Daredevil. Yeah, because well, Daredevil that first season had so much Iron Fist comic stuff going on. I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Well, and it remains to be seen if it's going to be a you know Danny Rand who is the white billionaire. There's so much controversy over that whole thing right now that who knows what they're going to do. I hope they stick with it because that's such a weird part of the character. Um, right, because he was the outsider who becomes the. the Right. Well, and if you, uh, just to, to, cause we gotta wrap things up here, but real quick, Iron Fist wise, uh, I wanna recommend the recent run that Kare Andrews had on Iron Fist. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, It gives you his origin without being an origin book. Mm -hmm. And just some of the most spectacular art I've seen out of Marvel in a long time. Uh, it's, it's really good. It came out, 
I think beginning of last year, maybe yeah. it might have started at the end of 2014 and went into last year a little bit. But yeah. fantastic run! Yeah. If they offer it as an omnibus, or if you've got the Marvel Unlimited, check that. It's out. all on there. There you go. I, I would also I would also uh, say that the run the the Iron Fist run right before that with Ed Brubaker and yeah. uh, was it Matt Fraction is uh, equally good. Uh, really good stuff in there. Um, I think it, it runs like three trades worth. That are out. Uh, those are really good Iron Fist stories as well. And I'd just like to recommend just go back and read All Star Batman and Robin. Keep an open mind because it really <laughs> is the best Batman comic that's ever been. Stop that! You just got to go into it knowing how great it's going to be. And on that note, uh, Ryan, you will be back in just a couple of weeks for our annual Toy Fair oh, episode. It's Toy Fair time! I know, and we're already seeing stuff popping up this week. It's good ridiculous. Uh, Bobby, before you go, where can we find you online? Where can we follow your happenings? Uh, well, uh, the easiest place is bobbynash.com. That's my, my website. There's links to everything. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Google+. I write on cave walls. Uh, <laughs> I skywrite every once in a while. You know, I'm, I'm everywhere. So please find me. Say hello. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and talking about comic books on television. Uh, this, oh, will, this is fun. Yeah, well, and it'll be an ongoing topic. There will, uh, is, if we're fortunate, we can spend the rest of our lives doing one of these <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> Twice a year, we'll be back doing it again in May when they all end for the season. Yeah. We're living, we're living in a golden age. Yeah, we really are. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you, fun. sir. A lot of fun. Remember, you can find the Needless Things podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as at NeedlessThingsSite.com, where five days out of the week, you can find myself and the Needless Things regulars writing about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. All original content, all thoughtful pieces. We don't do uh, top ten lists uh, maybe from time to time, but very, very rarely. We try to avoid that kind of thing. Uh, we don't do click on this article and then click 25 more times to read this article. We don't do any of that bullshit. Uh, one page of interesting original content that you can enjoy. For instance, uh, this past week on Wednesday, I published my look at the current issues of Previews, the comic shop catalog. Uh, Jerry on Thursday posted something about movie sequels and whether they should or shouldn't exist. Uh, Christina wrote a thing about The Legend of Zelda. All kinds of different interesting stuff, and I try to get at least one toy review in a week. Uh, maybe coming soon, I'll be able to pop a couple more in. We'll see how that goes, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about some toys I've gotten lately. So there have been a few more toy reviews as of late. So please... Share the Needless Things podcast. Tell your friends about it. Put it up online. Let them know. Uh, go to Facebook. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group and tell us what you want to hear, what you think of the show, uh, what future shows could and should be about. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Or you can send me a line at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show and talk about a thing that you're doing, we'd love to have you. So that's about all I got for this week. Uh, this last-minute episode due to illnesses and whatnot. Next week, we'll have a Valentine's Day special that you're going to love. And I love you guys. 